Hi, everybody. Welcome to Believe Sports Business Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. I'm Fred. You can email us, sportsfredadale.com, sportsfredadale.com. Art Source, former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans, and the guy that runs Galaxy Sports back in Pennsylvania with us. And Art, uh, you used to go to Pro Bowls. I used to go to Pro Bowls. Um, after 70 years, the NFL has decided no more Pro Bowls. You're disappointed. I'm not. Talk about it. Well, the only reason I'm disappointed is because of the tradition. And a lot of traditions in sports are going by the wayside. And it was one of the games that when I was like 12, 13, 14 years old, my dad was lucky enough to know a lot of people in the NFL. So we used to go to the one down in the Coliseum in L.A. And I got on the field one time. I think it was like the 71 game. And Gary Yepremian was down there kicking field goals. And Kurt Knight was kicking for uh, for the Redskins. And I got to actually see and listen and watch these guys do their thing. And they were the best in the league. And uh, so it meant something to me to be able to compare myself. And I also, you know, in those days, Fred, the great thing was, well, I don't know how great it was if you were a player, but you didn't make the kind of money the guys make nowadays. So it was important for the NFC to to, to play well. And, you know, against the AFC and I just felt like uh, the difference between $7,500 that the winners would get and the 5,000 that the losers would get meant a lot to the players. They played real hard. Now, lately, the game has changed. It's a two hand touch game. Now, the NFL, with the amount of money they're playing with, just like in preseason, they're going to put guys on the bench. They're not going to play a lot of guys. Nobody's going to hit anybody. Um, I really loved it when you got, you want a trip to Hawaii. I think the players did too. Uh, I would like to see them actually, if they're going to do what they're going to do to take them back to Hawaii and have that week and bring out some great NFL fans who want to go to Hawaii and do their thing. But, you know, it's something I understand. I'm not happy about it, but that's the way the world is now. Yeah, they're going to play flag football. And I've got a story about flag football that uh, I, I think I've used on this show, but uh, maybe not uh, I started at like seven playing touch and then the parks went to flag. And then at 12, I was playing pop Warner. Now Fred wasn't fast, but Fred was very quick. And so Fred was always a wide receiver, defensive back, running back. And I always returned punts or kickoffs. And, uh, you know, they tell you, okay, this is tackle. This isn't flag. This isn't touch. Make sure you're wearing a cup. And I said to myself, Oh, uh, come on, they're not going to get me because I'm very quick. So help me God. Very first punt in practice, 12 years of age. They got me where you can't be gotten uh, without a tremendous amount of pain. Already, I learned a lesson uh, very quickly. You ever learn a lesson like that? Yeah, I was playing third base uh, my freshman year in baseball. <laughs> and of course, you know, I'm pretty meticulous. I wound up being a first baseman in the varsity and everything, but I was playing third and I charged the ball and it took a bad hop. And, oh boy, was I wishing I had the old cup on at that point in time because my voice was a little high for a few days. Folks, uh, any stories out there, email us, sportsfredadale.com, sportsfredadale.com, right here in Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, also heard on Pod Clips. Uh, Art, Monday night, your Rams up in San Francisco against the 49ers. Who wins? 49ers a point and a half favorite at home. Kyle Shanahan's got uh, McVay's number. 
like McVay has Kingsbury's number in that NFC West. I say it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to go 21-17 San Francisco, and I think Garoppolo gets the best of uh, Stafford. I still think Stafford has some problems with that right elbow. Yeah, I, I can't wager on it one way or the other because I sort of lean toward what you're saying, and, and Garoppolo did not play well last week, but he might have an up game here, so I'm staying away from it. Folks, you have a thought one way or the other on Monday night, Rams versus the 49ers. Now, Artie, you were a professional golfer. Now, earlier this week, we heard that Saudi Raven Golf was going to pay Fox to televise, I think, 13 or 14 events next year in 2023. Then I hear, hey, no such deal in place. Now, usually, folks, it's the network like Fox paying the Big Ten. It's not like the Big Ten playing Fox. But in this case, since Saudi Arabia wants to be on so much, under what we read early in the week, they were going to make a deal where they were spending a lot of money on Fox. Art, as a former golfer, A, would you watch? B, do you think it's a deal? And do you think they really make a deal? Well, I know Rupert Murdoch and the former Fox Sports chief, who's also an LIV consultant, and Greg Norman are, are really good friends. Now, whether whether the uh, the Saudi you know, sovereign fund who's worth a trillion dollars pays for it or not. The advertising is going to support it. So they're basically from what I gathered, according to what uh, the New York post and and Andrew Marchand was talking about is they're just going to buy the time. They're going to get their own advertising. And it's really, if you think about it, it's a way to really produce more revenue for the LIV. Now, you know, whether you agree with how that works, I don't know. Um, I don't think golf is that big, a huge a draw right now. I think they've done a good job of fracturing professional golf. And even Rory McIlroy was discussing that today in a few interviews. I think what you need to have, if you really want to build the game of golf, is you need to have two separate leagues that are fairly equal. Now, right now, the PGA Tour is a little more powerful than LIV, but LIV has more resources. So I think if you get a couple more players to move to the LIV, and they make this this trans this transfer from three rounds to four rounds. I think eventually you'll have a Ryder Cup kind of a deal, where these guys really don't like each other. And I think this would be something really special for the world of golf because you're seeing a lot of innuendo, a lot of talk going back and forth when they play together on the DP World Tour, the old European Tour. There's a lot of friction between the players. And you got some real personalities there. You know, you've got guys like Ian Poulter, guys like Lee Westwood. You got guys like Pat Perez. You got Rory McIlroy. You've, you've got, you know, there's, there's, there just seems to be enough inner discourse where this could really be something special, you know, in a Ryder Cup style four or five day competition. So that's what I think they should work towards. I think it's great for the players. I think it's introduced a lot more money. It's opened up spots on the tour for the younger guys. It's allowed some of the older guys to cash in in that aged area that I remember when I turned in 45, I could not compete at the highest level against 23, 24, 25 year olds. I would play my best and maybe get 12th or 15th place, which was great, but I wanted to win. And so it was, it was tough because you, you kind of look in the mirror and go, you know, what am I doing here? I want to win but I'm not good enough to win, but I'm also making good money. So, you know, and that's when I decided that, you know, I, I really enjoy teaching golf and, and retiring. And plus the travel, people have no idea what the travel's like, you know, as a broadcaster, Fred, 
you know, you work for a major league team or a minor league team and you're on the buses and the trains and the planes. By the end of the year, you know, you wake up in the morning and wonder where the hell you are half the time. And it, it does get to be a little taxing. All right, let me put you on the spot. You're very political. I'm very political. You don't feel any guilt watching the LIV, the Saudi Arabian Gulf? Not really. Not when FedEx has the FedEx Cup for the PGA Tour, and they just signed a billion-dollar-plus deal with the Saudis. You know, we sell billions of dollars worth of jets to the Saudis as the United States. I mean, the whole world is – I mean, it's like this Ukraine-Russian war right now. I mean, we're still selling oil to these people and selling oil to those people. I mean, it's like, come on, fellas. We can't sit down and figure out how to do this. You got 17 nuclear plants in Ukraine. And you guys are throwing bombs around. This is not real intelligent, okay? But then again, there's a dearth of leadership in both those countries. The only, the best leader of the three is probably Zelensky. At least he stands up for what he believes in, and he doesn't, you know, give give props to people who died in, in August in an in, a, in an auto accident. I mean, and you heard what what Kamala said the other night. You know, I mean, she really thinks North Korea is going to be a great asset to the you know the alliance of uh, of Asian people. You know, Come on, who's writing these people's speeches, Fred? Well, Zelensky is definitely the the funniest of, of the leaders. I don't oh, think I love that. his show on his show on Netflix is unbelievable. When he goes, where did all the money go? <laughs> now, he's a funny guy. Um, who said that once? Okay, um, <laughs> he's a funny guy. <laughs> uh, you, you can email us sportsfred at aol.com, sportsfred at aol.com. Right here on Believe Sports Business. Sports media. Let's go back to football for a moment. Uh, you know, the more I hear Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football, we've already talked about the 49er game coming up. First couple of weeks, uh, I think Troy's really good. I mean, not. I mean, I don't think. I, I don't think there's Hall anybody. Of Famer, Hall of Famer Troy Aikman, as, Je- as Joe Buck calls him every week. <laughs> I, but I, but I really think he, you know. I say to myself, is it that tough to do color? There have been other athletes who tried. Some have done well. But I think Troy is really way up above anybody else doing it now. Maybe in the modern, the, the Madden class, your comments. I think he's done fantastically well. Um, you know, let's put it this way. He actually is the highest paid of all the, the color analysts. And I mean, Tony Romo, we know, is making upwards of $17 million, So he's in that class. You know, I just sometimes I wish that Joe Buck would be a little more entertaining with Troy and use Troy and Troy's knowledge of offense and defenses. And, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes Joe Buck mails it in, I, you know, and he's got an excellent voice. I mean, I loved his father. His father was my favorite with Hank Stram. I used to turn down Monday night football and listen to the two of those do the radio broadcast for CBS. But yes, I agree with you, Fred. I think Troy Aikman is really, risen to the top of the standard in terms of what he does. And uh, I think it's been fantastic to watch. All right. Uh, last couple moments here. Uh, Major League Baseball. Minor League Baseball saved 25 minutes uh, with the uh, the timer clock for pitchers. Next year, we're going to have it in the majors unless somebody stands up and means something. How would you rate Rob Manfred's uh, work so far as commissioner of baseball? And uh, did you ever count the minutes when you were at a baseball game? 
I loved it. I used to root for, for extra innings just because I'd be there longer and have more fun. But then again, I made it a full day. Me and my buddies would sit out in the outfield at Dodger Stadium in the pavilion, and we'd collect baseball so we could go play ball all summer long. And uh, But, you know, I, I look at it, Fred, I think the, the, the reason for the game being called the American Pass Time is just that. It's a game, the only game that doesn't have a clock. And, you know, and I also come from an era where people ran on and off the field. If you want to really change the game of baseball, you, you get into the players and say, look, you, third outs made, take care of the second baseman who, you know, is out, out, out there at second, bring him his glove, hustle out to your position. Let's get your seven pitches done and let's get going. They can make this work. I mean, it worked for years. I mean, I was at a game, a businessman special in the 60s with my dad, and Bob Gibson, you know, beat the Dodgers one nothing in a, in an hour and thirty two minutes. And Vince Scully, the great one, mentioned that you know he pitched today like he was double parked, and that's how I used to be. He used to tell McCarver, "Get your butt back behind the plane. If I want to talk to you, I'll ask you something." <laughs> and that's how it was. Give me the ball, and we're ready to deal. And that's how baseball was meant to be played. Uh, sometimes the analytics, the overthinking. I mean, I think of the Dodgers a lot. You know, I just think baseball is a simple game. It's great to have, you know, uh, charts of where guys hit the ball and everything. But the bottom line is up and down, in and out, off speeds. The game hasn't changed. It's still pitching and defense. And they're trying to make it into a home run hitters game, Fred, for the excitement and the fans. But there was no more excitement than the Dodgers of the 60s with Maury Wills, the late, great Maury Wills, who I believe should be in the Hall of Fame. When he get to first base and the whole Dodger Stadium would start to chant, go, go go. I mean, that was great baseball. And, you know, you knew it was nip and tuck. You're biting your fingernails. It's two to one in the, in the eighth inning. And, you know, it was fantastic. And here comes Paranowski for the save. That was great baseball. And I miss those days a little bit, Fred. Yeah, so do I. And uh, Artie, quickly, uh, uh, under the new rules, uh, let's say Maury Willows was at first base. Uh, what can a pitcher do? Tell us. How about pray? <laughs> He would have stole nowadays with these these hamburger catchers that can't throw. He would have probably sold 135 bases. I mean, he was that good. And and I mean, you know, and this is this other new rule. You asked me about Manfred, and I never told you. He, on a scale of one to ten, I'd give him a five, just because he is the commissioner, and that deems a little bit. I, I know the world's worst handicapper gave him a three earlier, but. <laughs> Uh, it's just I, I'm not real excited about Rob Manford. I, I say tradition. I'm like, uh, you know, fiddler on the roof tradition. I like the tradition of baseball and I'd like to see it stay the way it was, because then it's the game that I grew up with. And and, you know, Fred, the greatest thing was Saturday mornings for us on the West Coast. You know, I waited all week to watch a ball game, you know, and it was so great. The major league game of the week and. Oh, gosh, were we excited for that? I, I don't know about you, but I mean, it was like I mean, I would go in the line for the old TV guide to see, you know, like on Tuesday. And the lady would look at me like, you're going to buy that. Hey, I just want to see the game. <laughs> Who's playing in the Major League Baseball game of the week? When we're in Los Angeles and Southern California in the uh, late 50s until uh, the late 60s, when San Diego came to the league, we got 11 games on uh, Channel 11 here locally. Uh, from San Francisco, and that was it. And so, as Artie's indicating, outside of the uh, Saturday morning games, basically, that's all you saw on television. So you saw a total 
of 25 Saturday mornings and uh, 11 40 uh, giant games, so 35 games, and uh, that was it. Now, you see, that, you know, even without buying the extra packages uh, from DirecTV or the rest, uh, you see hundreds of games uh, per week. Um, finally, Craig Kimbrough, Dodger pitcher. He's got two kids, four years old and one year old. One of them is sick, and so you feel sorry for him. But should he be a Dodger closer? Now, last week, um, Doc Roberts said, uh, you know, he's not going to be the closer. But then on Tuesday night, he was the closer when they lose the game to the Giants in extra innings. I don't think if he was not making the 20, 25 million, uh, he'd still be on the club. I think they would have uh, designated him for assignment uh, and let him go, released him. Uh, your comments quickly uh, on sports. Well, you, you, know, you hit it on the head when we were talking off the air, Fred. I think they made a commitment to the guy. And they don't want to look like they got egg all over their face. So they're going to hang tough with him. But I say put him in a setup role or maybe make him the long reliever. I still say Dustin May has the kind of stuff that a closer should have. And until his arm gets strong enough, I would I would really seriously think about putting him in the closer's role. Um, you know, the Dodgers worry me a little bit. I mean, if they have to go up against the Mets or the Braves, you know, in that first five-game series, I think they could be in trouble. Um, I hope not. I'm a Dodger fan, but uh, it's going to be a real interesting Major League Baseball uh, hunt for Red October, as I call it. All right. Have a great uh, week straight ahead. Thank you for joining us on uh, I Believe Sports Business Sports Media, also on Podclips. Mario, thank you very much. And we'll see you around the corner with more right here. Believe Sports Business Sports Media. Bye, everybody. <laughs>